Hello and welcome to the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast, a place where we will dive deep into epic discussions on birth, motherhood, womanhood, rites of passage, and so much more. We are your hosts, Lucy, a mama of four, a birth keeper, a women's worker, and a past midwife who has left the system in the pursuit of truly being with woman. And Christy, a mama of three, birth and pregnancy advocate, community service worker with a strong interest in the shamanic dimensions of the journey from girlhood into womanhood and beyond. Come with us now as we unravel today's conversation. Okay, welcome to episode three of the Sacred Space Storytelling Podcast with Christy and Lucy. Hello. (laughs) We're super excited to be back and to continue creating conversation. Um, So today we are going to be embarking on Christy's journey and her story of how she ended up in this beautiful place of partnership and creation with me in this business, how she um, dropped deeper into her mothering journey, into her birthing journey, into her career um, in women's work and, yeah, just how that whole story unfolded. Mm -hmm. So I guess... Christy wherever you want to start with your journey your Mm -hmm. evolution like when did you first um get curious or something inside of you got sparked to um yeah just ask those questions that that allowed you to go to that depth of of yourself for sure. I'll just also say that um, my baby is sleeping, so we you will hear a baby through this. And I also um, have a four-year-old who's yeah. probably going to come in at some point. So we're just going to see how this rolls, keeping it real here. Totally. That's how we, that's how we roll. Um, yeah, I guess I was reflecting so much on our podcast as I was driving home last night. Because I was like, you know, I put myself out there so much on Instagram and I'm quite like an extroverted Uh, outgoing person um so I was like this is like easy like you know but then when I really I knew that that would be the first question of like you know how did you get into this and I was really really reflecting on it and I was like holy shit like I so much started to come up for me I actually like pieced and puzzled together even like big ones even just in that small moment of like reflecting on and getting ready and prepared for this podcast because you know I've had lots of big life experiences um, that many people might even be shocked about and that have got has got me to this place in my life where I'm just so content I mean you know we're always on this journey obviously it's always up and down and it's non-linear and it's you know go in and out of the underworld but like I am in a place right now where I am really the person that I needed when I was younger and it's just so beautiful. I'm very, very proud of myself because I've come a really, really long way. Um, and my last birth with Prim really cemented that in for me. I was like, oh, 
this is what I've really been waiting for. It was almost a pinnacle moment for me. It was so transformational. Um, it just it's, it cracked me open and I'm like, there I am. There she is, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to get emotional um, speaking about this because it's just so big and it is Pisces season, so it's so watery and I'm just, it's a full fucking moon and I think yeah. I'm also getting my period. So <laughs> it's all hang happening. Up, hang on, everyone. Um, Boy, you what else up? <laughs> um so I guess like going into childhood like I had a really beautiful childhood like you know I had cousins I grew up as a country girl I actually think I was born a very deep person anyway that's just who I am at my core but that didn't really get um cracked open really until I was about 14 so I you know had a you know, a really fun time as a kid, like lots of cousins, lots of playing, lots of sports, like lots of friends. Um, yeah, I was just like your everyday kid, I suppose, that I was always super confident. My daughter, Luna, who's eight now, she reminds me a lot of myself. Um, I was good at things. I was very good at sports, you know, public speaking, all of that stuff. I was always into stuff. And um always very determined, very committed. Um, and I, there was always that underlying layer of depth to me that I didn't bring out often because, I mean, you know, growing up in the country, that's not very nurtured, you know, you know, and especially in that era too, like it made other people feel uncomfortable. So I, I did bury my depth a lot and my creativity a lot because, and I focused on things like sport, also in that generation was like the Dolly magazine and like, you know, it was just, yeah, all that sort of stuff. But things mm. were great. Things were really great. Um, but the big, big moment for me, because at this, you know, in this stage in my life right now as a 37-year-old woman, you know, I've predominantly been in community services, um, helping women, helping youth, helping homeless helping you know there's a lot of mental health work um, I'm currently just starting my social work degree I um, have always been in nurturing caring roles but mostly with the people that have sort of fallen in the cracks you know and I've enjoyed that I can resonate with that deeply um, that I don't know. I suppose I do know where it all started. So when I was 14, you know, we had a big group of friends, um, big group of girlfriends, always sleepovers, all the rest of it. <clears throat> you know, even just me speaking about this now, like even at 37, it's still very raw for me because even at 14, like that was a long time ago, you know, but I feel like, you know, time doesn't heal I don't think they heal time heals wounds I just think you get better at you know understanding it and processing it but it also is still very raw for me so at 14 um one of my best friends committed suicide um at 14 that was very very big that's um, so I, big so big I didn't even know what suicide meant I was very naive you know like I didn't get my period till I was 15 I was um didn't wasn't interested in boys really till I was fifteen. Like, um, 
Because so, 14, that time, that, you know, 12, 13, 14, that is like that real transitional age yeah. where you're going from being a child to like a teenager and kind of starting to understand a more adult world and yes. life is feeling really big all of a sudden and you can feel very yes. confused and you have to pretend you know things before you really do understand them because you want to fit in and you feel like you need mm-hmm. to. It's yeah. a very expanded transitional time. So to have such a huge event in your life, like mm. in that in that time of tenderness and yeah, expansion, that's that's huge. So, so big and super traumatic. Um I can even just feel in my body now, just so much is coming up, even talking about it. Um you know, I just remember being at school with all my girlfriends and we we're in the dance class and seeing my parents like sort of down at the gate and seeing other parents down at the gate and be like, you know, why are they here? Like, are we in trouble or whatever? Um, mind you, I did get in trouble quite a lot at school <laughs> just because I didn't really like being told what to do. Um, so, yeah, like went into class and I remember though I've always been extremely intuitive and felt things or seen things in like you know my mind's eye where I'm like something's not right um and I had spoken to my her name is Ashley Ashley is um my really good friend that committed suicide when we were 14 and you know she did that I'm pretty sure it was on the Friday she did that so on the Wednesday we were in like sport And she took me up into the toilet and she said to me, Christy, you know, this was a really big thing. She was really very, very vulnerable to me and said, Christy, I just want you to know that I love you so much. And I'm not going to say sorry for crying because um, I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) I'm just going to let myself. And she she just said, um, you know, I'm, I just love you so much and I just want you to know that. I just want you to know how much I love you and how much of a great friend you are to me and how fun you are. And mm. he just gave me this really big cuddle and I cuddled for, cuddled for just that little bit longer. Mm. And I was like, I just felt like that was really, really quite deep. And... um yeah, she just went downstairs and she left and that's the last time that I've seen her. And um, so when the Friday came, uh, I knew that this, so there was something wrong though leading up to this because there were things that were happening, as you said, that age is it's, it's so big, that age. Everything is so, it's, everything is happening. Everything is, you're like finding your place in this world. And so when I found out that she committed suicide, for starters, I needed to ask what that meant because I didn't even know. Um, So I just remember walking out of the classroom and my hearing went. So I must have just went into a complete traumatic state. My hearing just went, just felt like there was nothing. I felt nothing, but I was looking around at all of our class you know, all of um, our year was just destroyed and I just didn't 
I, I just didn't understand. I just did not understand. And I just remember walking outside and vomiting everywhere. And my first reaction was vomiting. And then it just was a dream after that. Everything was a dream. And from that moment, that is when my whole world came crashing down. Everything, that the world felt unsafe to me. Everything felt completely unsafe. Um, I felt unsafe in my body. I felt unsafe in the world. And that was a really pivotal time um, for me understanding who I was because it made me realise how deeply, deeply sensitive I was and how deeply, um, uh, what's the word, just deeply, I was very deeply feeling, a very deeply feeling heart-centred, intuitive um empathetic compassionate person was the first time that I felt that inside of me and that was very very scary for me because that did not feel like that was I didn't feel safe with that I felt like um I felt like a like a a bleeding person in like an ocean full of sharks that's exactly Mm. what I felt like I felt like I just the floor is just collapsing underneath your feet mm-hmm. like all of that foundation and that safety that you once everything you knew now is collapsing around you yes and I felt very vulnerable and I blamed myself a lot mm-hmm. for her because you know you're also when you're 14 there's like all them 14 year old fights mm-hmm. and there's jealousy and you know we had them arguments you know and jealousy and and she had a boyfriend and I got jealous and because I loved her so much, you know. And, um, you know, all these silly things that were happening and um, I blamed myself because, I mean, we all did that at that age. But I just felt so much shame. I felt um, I just honestly like it was just so huge for me. And that's just the start of a complete chaotic event after event after event in my life Um, Mm. because I just didn't know who I was anymore. I had an – it was like a big existential crisis. I was like, Mm. what the fuck is this place? This place is not okay. I don't like this world. I don't like the people in it. It is just completely not safe to be myself. Like I can't let people see my emotions or how sensitive I am because they'll take advantage of me. Um, Just like, you know, how Ashley felt, like she obviously felt the same. That's why she did that. Um, Yeah, so I just from then on in, my behaviours were completely destructive really. There was lots of drugs. There was lots of alcohol. There was lots of just, you know, giving my body away to people that I shouldn't have. Um, lots of risk-taking behaviour. I wanted to die, to be honest. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was many suicide attempts by me after that because... <sighs> like it was just so big <laughs> for me. I couldn't I handle just, it. 
I couldn't handle it. And nobody around me knew how to hold that space for me. Yeah. Um, well, it just sounds like that really was the catalyst for, yeah, kind of the way that you spiraled after. Yes. And I can't even imagine, like I can relate to being 14 yeah. <laughs> and how vulnerable and how scared and how like, I didn't know who I was anymore. I can't imagine then having a trauma like that happen when you're not, your sense of self is so blown out and um, you have to navigate an adult's world all of a sudden when you're kind of at that pivotal age and it's very scary. And then to have one of your best friends die and take her own life and have to then like that is like a bomb's gone off and that's so massive. Yeah. So, and I was friends with her from preschool onwards. Like we went to preschool together, you know, So and it's a, it's a small town. It's a small community. Um, you know, I think about her every day and I'm 37. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, even to this day. So I do believe that that was the catalyst for me to, I guess, like I'm, just probably going to jump around a little bit here, but I'm going to try to make it make sense as much as possible. But I guess, you know, there's it's all this stuff that happened between then and, you know, even now. Mm. Um, why, why don't you tell us about when you got initiated into motherhood, like your first? Yeah, so I guess that that will go into that because it's like for me, um, I guess, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So there's just, it just gets all a bit mixed up here mm, because, you know, that's okay. um, between all this, this self-destructive behaviour, many, many things happen that I've you know, nearly died, you mm. know, DUIs, arrests, um, domestic violence. There's a lot of stuff in there that I have experienced. That is sad, and yes, it is triggering. Um, and you know, but it's your some, story. But it is my story. But pe- like, what what's so beautiful about this is is that it's turned me into the person I am. Absolutely. Um, or it's brought out the person that I am. And I've I'm very proud. Of, I'm a very strong person, and I'm, but I'm also a very soft person, with a very open heart. And all of these experiences have um, equipped me with the ability to connect very very deeply with people mm. I can resonate very 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 easily with people I'm able to connect especially with because I also went into youth work so that's when what my you know my one of my first careers was community services and and youth work and troubled kids like homeless kids kids from traumatic backgrounds mm. um because I guess, you know, life almost gives you these opportunities that mirror what you need to heal as well and, like, you know. So it was like I just was naturally um, drawn to these situations because obviously my brain and how was trying to still process, like, what was, what's happening? Like, yeah, why are all these... When you were 14. Yeah, and why are these people feeling like this? Why did yeah. what would bring somebody to take their life? Yeah. Um, even know that I had gone on these journeys, my my mental health 
was very touch and go. I knew that because then my suicidal tendencies mm. and experiences and attempts would happen. So I understood it, but not really because I because never. Because you have such a big, beautiful, open heart, and you're such an empath, mm. and you feel you have all these feelings that you can't make sense of. So you're you're trying to understand and help and dive deep into everything that you're feeling and what you've experienced and yeah well that's it and I've always been very happy like always the life of the party person so nobody really knew how to hold much the space for me because I was I don't need help get away Mm -hmm. I can do it myself don't tell me what to do and also that you know that situation with my friend also had me thinking so deeply at like my life before that happened and like I just got so deep on everything, like everything, my dynamic in my own family, my role, who I was. It's almost like I started the work at a very young age of unraveling what it's like to be a human being. Like I got initiated really, really young Mm. and um, had to feel these really deep things very, very young and for many, 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 many years. Yeah. Um, So I guess like yeah, like I got into youth work and then I got into family intervention, which is, you know, it's it's just all nurturing, caring roles where, you know, I would go in and where a mother would be experiencing mental health or postpartum depression and I would go in and help her mm-hmm. um, and was able to connect with her very easily, even though I hadn't had any children myself but on just a deeper spiritual, you know, I know what you're, I know, I see you. Mm. And I guess. um, It's a really special gift that you have. Yeah. It's actually that even just thinking about it makes me quite emotional because I, I guess for me, I can see, I, I can see people's essence, you know, I can see people's light, um, which has also got me into trouble because sometimes I can, you know, be more inclined to look, you know, at their good side, even when they're toxic for me <laughs> mm. in the past. Um, so I guess uh, in these in these environments where I was helping these mothers, I was very much, um, yeah, I loved it. I loved, I loved being of service. I loved make making them feel good. Um, just walking in and seeing them get better every day or walking in and just they were happy to see me um, because I brought something to them that made them, uh, gave them a bit more faith, you know. Um, So what was it like then when you became a mother, you know, after being with these mothers and mothering the mother yourself? Yeah, well, I guess it, it prepared me for my motherhood journey. All of this did. Um, you know, I'd always wanted to just feel what it felt like to be pregnant, but, you know, never really thought I was worthy enough for that with all the, I don't know, all the stuff that you go through in them big growing pains and or whatever. But, yeah, I guess coming into motherhood, I I don't know, I just need to like get my bearings because motherhood just seems so far away from everything that I was just speaking of like it's like Mm, I had okay so how old were you when you were doing that work well I think because I became a mother at 29 Mm. um 
so you know 29 with yeah. all of these experiences that, wow. that happened in my life is like that's like I had a whole other life before mm. I had babies that is oh, it's just actually super cool eh? because it's so cool that you had all of that experience in your 20s I think as well mm. it's such amazing beautiful work that you did as you were finding yourself we all are finding ourselves I think a lot in our 20s yeah, totally and, and like that's wild like that you were able to hold space like that at such a young age for other people like what a and gift. I don't know how I don't actually know how because I didn't even know how to hold space for myself yeah so, but that was almost like um that was my way of coping so it was like I would love going in and you know folding I and I was always very very focused on the mother like yes you like you know the baby was great like it was cute and stuff but there was something really beautiful mostly connecting with other women mm. I just loved connecting with other women and um it softened me because I'd you know I'd lived such a hard couple of years of just hardness and um having to feel like I had to protect myself all the time and um you know block things out or disassociate so being in these caring roles Mm. and um made me feel like I had a purpose Mm. and um I was very natural and I liked cleaning people's houses and making, you know, I've got my mum to thank for that. She's so nurturing in that way where every house that I've lived in has always been a home and, you know, fluffy blankets and incense and cup of teas. And, you know, I was able to um, create that for other women. And I was also able to witness so many different levels of mental health as well like and witness like you know lots of drug addiction alcohol addiction trauma um postpartum depression was just so huge but I just you know that's just such a you know there's so much more to post you know postpartum depression as well but I just got to witness all these types of mental health and um I don't know. It was just really deep for me because it. I just have. I just have so much compassion for people because, you know, we all have a story, and we all have this journey, and we're all just trying our best and trying to unravel. You know how we got brought into this world, and I mean, it can be a harsh place here. You know, especially if you don't have the right support, or you didn't have the mm. right upbringing, or you didn't you know, have have children with somebody that was very nice to you or mm. you had a traumatic birth or, you know, you didn't have support in motherhood. Like these are such like they're so it's so support is and lo- support and love is so crucial for the development of all of us. Like and just yeah. for us to be able to thrive, you know? And that theme runs through then your whole journey. It does. <laughs> that it you're really- drive and your love for nurturing others and making them feel seen Mm. that's so important it is and I feel like because I have you know many times been on a very cold floor in the fetal position not knowing how I could ever face another minute another second another day I just could not I just did not want to be here anymore it was too painful 
It was too much. I couldn't be here. I couldn't be in my body. I couldn't connect. Even though I would honestly walk out of that, get off my, pull myself off that floor every single time and just get on with it, you know? And I would just be, I'm very determined where I'm like, no, I'm not going to let this beat me. Because, and then that would be also a theme because, you know, there were times where it nearly did beat me. But I've always had, like, like, and I'm so grateful for this, like I've always had somebody around me. I don't know whether it was my friend or just I've just got some, some pretty epic guides around me, some beautiful women around me that my ancestors or you know, whoever's out there fucking looking after us or after us, mm-hmm. that there was always a voice there that was like, you can do this. You're you're not you're stronger than this. You know you can do this. There was always that voice there that was like, get up, get up. You have to get up. And it was just because <laughs> I still have that voice now. Um, except it's not telling me to get off the floor. Well, I mean, sometimes it does, I don't, but I'm just able to achieve so much and like give so much and be here right now with you. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just kept going. Um, oh wow. It's just, I feel better now, like getting that part out. Um, so yeah, that was, that has given me the ability to really see, I just, I just, I, I, I find it really hard to judge people when they're in them situations or when they're vulnerable or when their heart mm. is open or when they're, they just want to do better. Like I can just go, yes, I, I fucking see you. And I love people's, you know, I've walked alongside my shadow for a really long time. So I love seeing people get over the get over the um over the hurdles of life and do better and just it, there's nothing actually fucking makes me more excited in life than seeing the people that I love succeed or just people in general or if I see people on Instagram or and this comes down to motherhood and birth and I mean, even like I have a very big passion for younger people, um, especially like the youth and um, women, especially women. I like empowering women because I, you know, obviously I've been in the dark spaces and now I'm like, I feel like a wonder woman these days in my life, you know. Um, But yeah, it's given me the ability to really see, to see others. Um, I can see people's true essence. That's what I can see. Um, so, and I can see it in children. I, I love, I love children. I actually prefer hanging out with children, um, children and women. <laughs> I mean, I love men too. Um, but yeah, so this, all these experiences have been such a catalyst for where I'm at now. And I've, you know, I've had so much experience just connecting with others. Um, and then obviously, in motherhood and with my birth with you know I've got my three kids Luna River and Primrose um that was like another like you know when we get shot into motherhood from maiden to mother that another was huge initiation 
another huge initiation that was just huge for me because I was still on a very big healing journey so that was like a real catapult experience for me where I was like holy fucking shit another like, layer gets peeled back <laughs> forever walking that labyrinth oh my god and also like my my birth with Luna was super traumatic it was a cascade of interventions I gave my power away completely. It was very triggering for me. Mm. Um, I had postpartum depression for 18 months badly um, because I didn't have any support, none. And then especially after such a traumatic birth, like, you know, I was induced at 37 weeks because they said she was too small. Um, I just did whatever they told me to do, you know. I was so naive to birth. I was able to – I can hold space for anyone, but I was so naive to birth. Mm. Um, I knew that I wanted a baby. I knew that, that my maternal instincts were ready. Um, but I was not prepared for that, hey, which is like another reason why for me to be able to connect with young women and prepare them for this initiation and this journey mm. is just such also such crucial work for me because I'm like I want to equip people with knowledge and I want to help un- women unlock their essence and their power and reclaim what is truly theirs because yeah. I you know I had to find out the hard way you know and I don't think we need to do that. I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> I really don't. No. Well, it's a mix of of us not feeling um, like taking space up in our bodies and feeling that mm-hmm. empowerment that would make us really demand better in birth and mothering. Yeah. Yep. And the other element being that our system doesn't know how to support <laughs> women. No at all and the mother baby dyad and so it's this really like hard situation where women kind of already feel so disembodied and disempowered in their bodies and in their voices and going in and just blindly trusting a system that they will have their best interests at heart and be following proper evidence, which we know is not always the case, but more, mm-hmm. more times than not is not the case. And, yeah, as we said in our past, last interview with Carla, there's this huge, huge percentage of women now walking out of birth traumatised, mm. which is really, like, shocking and not okay and not the way that you should enter your mothering journey no it's not and it's like um just preparing ourselves for that like I think not so much that birth but you know birth with primaries oh actually my birth with river really had me that's when I started um delving really deeply into the shamanic world because and so what sparked that curiosity though I'm I'm curious to know at what point were you like, I want more and I'm curious and I want more. Like what connected you in with this shamanic dimension? Well, I guess like 
like I, I said earlier, like I've always been, I've always known that there was, I've always been connected in this very weird way, even though I, you know, went through all these hectic, brutal experiences and these self-sabotaging moments, like, like, like there was always something there telling me to get up or I, there was, I had, there was a faith there, a mm. connection um, to something higher, to something greater than me. Um, I always used to have really intense dreams where um, they just had me thinking a lot, like, why did I just dream that? Like how it was always very deep. Like, mm. and I couldn't really talk to anybody about that because it would have such like, it's such a spiritual subject that a lot of people, especially then it was like, that's, what are you fucking talking about? Makes people uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, And even just like, you know, being able to feel, I know that like empath can be also like linked to trauma or, you know, and all the rest of it, but I could really feel other people and. Um, I just had so much love inside of me that it just, I just, there had to be something else, you know. And I'm also like very much like, you know, every time my dogs would die when I was younger, I would, you know, sit outside and really connect with the stars or I'd connect to the earth and I would be so emotional. Like I would really feel it. And, um, yeah, I guess like, you know, I, I don't know, like I would pray as well as at a very young age. Like I'm not religious. My nan used to take me to church, um, but I would pray to, uh, there's just something that I felt connected to. Um, so did you start delving into sort of that element of yourself when you were pregnant with River or was that? Yeah, well, I think after Luna and just going through that really big whirlwind of being just because it was honestly it was super traumatic birth it was when I reflect on it it's really sad I feel guilty a lot um that I wasn't able to show up for her and I know that this is her journey I really do um and I see the themes of that birth play out in her life now um which is just another invitation to get closer to her and connect with her and I understand that but definitely still plays on me um and just um you know feeling so much disconnect after it. I mean we're so tight now her and I but it took a long time hey um and you know even just like my pregnancy with her like because I was questioning things so much you know they put me on a higher dose of antidepressants when I was pregnant which is probably why she was small I mean it was a higher dose um that I was on and I was also on like Ritalin for ADHD which you know I'm not on anything like that anymore because I chose this shamanic path which is what I will get to but um you know I was on so many meds when I was pregnant to her because I just trusted the doctor (laughs) to me now I'm just I did but I didn't I just wanted help um and that's all I wanted. I just wanted somebody to see me. I just wanted somebody to see me and just give me a fucking hug. Yeah, you wanted that nurturing. You wanted someone to guide you through. And instead that you got, yeah, uh, like medical, in, like medication and um, yeah. intervention. But 
you were craving that because you were walking over that rite of passage you hadn't done it before yes you needed that wise woman that wise person to hold your hand and I needed a little bit and I really I crave that most of my life that real that real affectionate loving depth Mm, Uh, my, my, my parents are great but like I needed more same. I wanted somebody to sit with me and look at me into me yeah. and just be like, I yeah. see you, darling. Like, can mm. I get you a cup of tea? Can I rub your back? Can I? You're so beautiful. You're doing so well. Like, I needed that. I craved yeah. that. Just I being wanted witnessed. To... Yes. I wanted Sometimes to be. Sometimes that's all that you need. Hey. Yeah, I wanted to be held, especially my vulnerability. I didn't want someone to tell me to stop crying or to stop being ridiculous or stop being too sensitive or stop being dramatic or stop being too much like these feelings were real for me they still are real for me um you know I just find depth in people so beautiful I even find the messiness in people so fucking beautiful you know I find it so beautiful I love them even more I'm like come here but it's like you know, especially after, like, when I was pregnant with Luna, I needed that so badly, and they just put me on antidepressants. And mm. then I went and seen a psychiatrist, and she put me on Ritalin because she's like, oh, your, like, your report cards were very, you know, you were suspended a few times and blah, 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 blah. Like, you need to go on Ritalin. I'm like, oh, okay. Or, you know. It's a surface level, isn't it? It's, it's like, crazy. you know. Crazy. Crazy. Delving into you know, all of the other depth of how mm. things are manifesting. Right. And then like I spoke when I was like a young teenager, you know, after Ashley passed away, you know, I had bulimia. I was like on I had a huge eating disorder. So many things, like so many mm. red flags were there, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, um yeah, so, you know, I got through with Luna and, you know, she's been on this wild journey with me, hey, of just growing into this woman that, I don't know, I I guess like when she was probably one, um, we went and seen this woman called Kendall. I would love to connect with her. She was a shaman and um, she, we went to her house and had a tea and, like she had all these feathers in her room and, um, you know, Nath, um, my partner, Luna's dad, like he had a session with her and I remember just thinking she was so cool. I was like, who is this woman? And she seen me too. She sat with me and made me a tea and she went, oh, you're a strong woman, aren't you? And I was like, me, no. And she goes, you are and you need to work on yourself and get stronger because your daughter needs you. And I was like, oh, okay, geez, all right. And she goes, you need to follow the goddess path. And I was like, I didn't even know what that meant at the time. And I just remember looking in her room and seeing heaps of feathers and just really resonating and just being like, oh, this feels nice. This feels like home to me. I like this. I like this. And she was a wild woman, like she had muddy feet and like just her house smelled like white sage it was just like something just so raw and like deep about her that I loved it was just my first taste of like a really deep medicine woman and I was like I want that <laughs> I want that um 
And that's actually after that I started becoming interested in birth and pregnancy and how we come into this world and connect. And so I would look at these types of things when I was pregnant with River and I was like, oh, maybe I can have him at home, you know, um, and be like this wild woman. And I was a, a youth worker. I was a caseworker at this time for like homeless kids. So I was working a lot too much as a pregnant woman, to be honest. But these thoughts would cross my mind because, and I remember Nate came home with a book about shamanism and I'm reading it and thinking, holy shit, this, this stuff happen? Like this is real? Like people get this deep? Like people connect to the earth like this? Like people connect to their hearts like this? Like there's something else. I knew it. It was like a coming home. I knew it. I knew I wasn't the only one feeling this depth, you know? And um, I remember just creating this altar because I was like going through the book and I was like, I'm going to create an altar. This makes sense. I can sit in front of this and call it, call like connecting to myself. And it just really excited me and it felt really good. And I started sort of like delving into a bit of plant medicine and, um, and yeah, experimenting, but like in a really intentional way, not in these self-destructive ways. Uh, felt really cool would bring up a lot of stuff for me but it also like yeah it felt it felt like I was slowly starting to open up this like um this little girl that had put herself away locked herself away for a long time um she started to emerge a little bit so yeah like I yeah I continued with my pregnancy with River and uh, I went into labour at home, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I want to be a bad bitch um, and have this baby at home." And I knew that the midwives were, you know, what? That's also when I, I rarely went to like appointments with River because I was like, "Fuck off! I don't have to fucking do that." Like. But that was like a real natural, a real natural thing in me. Like I was like, I don't, why do I have that? Like I'd go to an appointment, they'd do something. I'm like, I'd walk away. I'm like, that was so dumb. Like that doesn't even make any sense. So that like, little fire was starting to be lit inside of you, yes. just like questioning things and valuing yeah. your autonomy and your body and, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, like, they this, these young midwives would come in and measure my belly or tell me I had to do something and I'm like what like who are you like, you're like three years younger than me you don't I don't know like I was like just because you did I, I just was like whatever like whatever and I'd sort of walk out a bit like oh, god that was a waste of my time um and then at the end um I remember this old midwife was like you need to have a stretch and sweep or whatever and I was like okay what's that and she's like oh it's just to you know stimulate you know your cervix and get it going and I was like mm, okay and um yeah I don't I suppose to like with Luna's birth with my first but I remember being so excited going into the induction sorry I'm skipping here but it just this that bit reminded me of this I remember being so excited that I bought in this big orange suitcase and I bought in a candle and I was like, oh, I'm going to make this really special. And um, 
I, when I walked in this Midwest, it's me, oh my God, that bag is ridiculous. That bag is so ridiculous. You can't bring that in. Why are you packing so much stuff? And I was like, mm. I, I just felt so embarrassed. Like I felt so embarrassed. She just made me feel so stupid. And she goes, now I'd put that candle away if you, if you were here. This is not, she said some word like this is not a, like this is not a, a hippie retreat or something. And I was just like, oh, and I honestly like really shut my mouth after that. Um, she made me feel super small, <laughs> super small, even came into the room after they put the balloon in and I have my laptop. She goes, you need to put that laptop down now and get some rest. You're going to have a big day tomorrow. Like talk oh. to me like I was like a little girl, you know. Um, so I cried. Disgusting. I cried a lot because um, I also had to labour overnight in the hospital next to a person shitting themselves because they gave me the balloon and Nath had to go and sleep in the car downstairs. Um, I was very scared and I was late. I was labouring because my my cervix was. I was starting to. I could feel it, and they were pumping me full of endone. In their moments, um, endone also makes me hallucinate. So I was like hallucinating. I actually thought Biggie Smalls because I was listening to Biggie Smalls and I thought he walked into the room and I was like, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was really hectic, that birth. I'm not going to go too much into it because I feel like that would be for another podcast, but it's like, um, yeah, coming back to Rivers, like that's when I was like, that's where the the fire because I was think I was getting angry I was getting upset thinking yeah. of that like don't tell me what to fucking do yeah. like you know I don't have to have that I don't have to do that fuck you and then she convinced me to have a stretch and sweep um and I laid up on the and laid up what on the, was her reasoning for that um she just said we just need to get things going and I was 38 weeks oh my goodness um I was like okay all right, well, I just guess I'd do this because I'd never heard, like I'd heard of a stretch of sweet, but, you know, mm. I hadn't delved in too deeply, you know. But and um, no informed consent. It's all just like we're doing this to you because yeah. it's making our life easier and you yeah. just go, okay, because you so I, Yeah, and mm. I just laid on my back. She put some gloves on um, and then she put her fingers inside my fucking mm. vagina I've experienced like sexual abuse. So that was so fucked up for me. I, she got halfway in and I just lost my shit completely. Just, I, my whole body just flung off the bed. I started crying. I was like, what in the hell? What are you doing? Mm. Like, that's, it just, and it hurt. It was painful. It was horrible. Um, yeah. It was just fucked. I just walked out and then that's when I was like, I'm just going to have River at home. Um, I think I actually went home that day and like had a bowl of chilli pasta and a, like a few sips of red wine because I'm like, I need to just have him. So I I just want to have him now. Um, and I did go into labour that night <laughs> probably because I was quite stressed as well. Mm. But um. Yeah, I laboured mostly at home, um, but the thing that I didn't do for Rivers Labour is I didn't um, I didn't go deep enough with my embodiment. Like that's something that I hadn't healed at all or faced uh, um, was being in my body and really 
intense moments because, you know, with things like sexual abuse and um, experiences like that, birth is very scary, especially if you haven't had that support or guidance to know how to navigate these really big moments and these intense sensations. You just want to disassociate, like, because that's what you did. So um, I, I didn't prepare myself for that. So, you know, came come to the end of, like, like I was going into, like, a big transition, the, the transition time with River at Home, and I was like, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I started to panic. Um, Nate drove me to the hospital, and I, like, was running up to the car park and, like, collapsing because it was just, it was too much. I was like, oh, my God oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, because I didn't really experience that to the full extent with Luna, you know. Mm. So, you know, I got there. I did have three very, very beautiful midwives that did guide me and were really encouraging. But, you know, I was on my back with my legs up in stirrups. <laughs> um, and all I could think of in that moment was, oh, I must look so ugly. I must mm. look so fat. I must... And it, the like the surges were coming so quickly um, that I just it was too, honestly it was even that makes me so emotional it was too much for me hey it was too much it was too much because I hadn't faced them parts of myself I hadn't I hadn't had support to navigate that their moments I wasn't knowledgeable I wasn't informed I wasn't connected to my body and that was the work that I wish that I would have done for rivers that was my lesson in rivers that was embodiment like truly being in my body I can see his the themes of that birth playing out in his life too now it was mm. funny I picked him up from school the other day and um our, his kindy teacher said you know sometimes he's just really out of his body Christy and it just I was like yeah I know because that's how I was when I gave birth to him um so these themes really play out I try to get River in his body a lot these days but um yeah but you know and he he had actually had like a bloodshot eye like his capillaries were all burst when he came out because I was so tense mm. I was so tense like he would come out and they'd be like that's good Christy but then I'd pull him back in and you know, it was yeah but I gave birth to him in, and I was very empowered. They did cut his umbilical cord very quickly, too quickly. I didn't really want that either, but I just didn't have anyone around to you know, advocate for me. But um, I couldn't believe the difference between my postpartum with him and Luna because I, I did feel quite empowered after that birth because I was like, I did it. I did it. I didn't have any drugs or anything. I did it because um, I did I had an epidural with Luna and I was so in love with him like I did mm. feel that I did feel the happy the happy hormone I did feel that I was so because you know what that is one of the first moments I remember feeling so like oh, I did it I did it I did it I did it and like I brushed my hair my vagina mm. was so swollen though by the way because <laughs> I was like oh. it was not because it was just how I laboured, how I birthed, um, yeah, I should have now pushing up heel on your back. Yeah, now when I think about, it, I should have got up and like squatted down like a goddess. But like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. But um, <laughs> I remember brushing my hair and putting lip gloss on and putting these little pink pajamas so on. But you know, I remember looking over at a midwife 
and she was staring at me like she was giving me a really dirty look. I don't know if it was a dirty look or if she was just like maybe seeing just I was in my power completely. Mm. Um, but maybe like in another perspective she was looking at me to say how beautiful I looked. I don't know, but, you know, I took it as like, oh, I'm, I need to minimise myself because I was like, oh, I've let myself like feel these big things. I had my hair and I was like felt so empowered, but I was like, oh. <gasps> I was shrunk back in, you know, mm. because of my other experiences in hospitals. Excuse me, I'm coughing. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, so funny as well how quickly that conditioning is triggered in women though as well. Like yeah. when we feel really good about ourselves and we're taking up space and we're confident, we then go, oh, actually, I'm not allowed to take up space. What do people think? Yes. You know, I'm whatever up myself or. Yeah. Um, and, it, and we minimise with ourselves yeah. and we don't let ourselves fully shine and in, embody the feeling yeah. that we're having totally. but, it feel, but it sounds to me that you got like that birth really like you dropped so deeply into your body and even though that last part um you panicked a little bit because there was things that surfaced that you weren't prepared to face it taught you or it shined a light on the importance of healing those layers which then you brought into your next birth oh, yes and that also like after having river catapulted me into embodiment work because I was like oh I was out of my body what is this feeling and so I got into embodiment work I started healing these these sexual abuse wounds I got into yoni eggs and like the good old glass wands I created my <laughs> queen of the banshees page I got this big Lilith tattoo on me because I was like, I'm not suppressing and repressing my sexuality anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I remember creating an altar and collecting my period blood. Amazing. And, <laughs> and being like, uh, I actually remember like putting my period blood on my forehead and forgetting about it. My dad rocked up to my house and he's like, what's that on your head? And I was like, oh, God, don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, yeah, and I remember, like, sitting at my altar, like, this, like, so I'd really started to get into shamanism then. And, mm. well, I mean, just connecting to myself. And I remember saying at my altar, I'm going to be the one that heals my red thread. I'm the generational healer in my family. I want this. And I remember that hearing. That gives me triggers. Uh, shivers, sorry, not triggers. That gives me <laughs> shivers. I remember like getting this voice like saying, are you sure you want to do that, Chrissy? Mm. This is gnarly work. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to be that person? Are you sure you want to take this role? Are you sure you want to, you sure you want to take this path? And I was like, me being just so determined and like, fucking bring it on. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then, whoa, that has been a ride. That has been a very, very, I remember going to the bush that day and like putting my, like letting go of my period blood and going like, show me the truth. Like yeah. <laughs> uncover, the, uncover the truths to me now. And whoa, man, I went on a, ro a ride, hey. I went on a really, really, really big ride of, um, you know, unveiling a lot about my, traumas and I had to face a lot of what happened in my 20s um in my teenage years and before that I had I faced it all I, I felt my mother's pain 
I felt my grandmother's pain. I felt my grandmother, great-grandmother's pain. I felt everyone's fucking pain. Yeah. Um, it was really big. It was an unraveling. I would fight with my family often. I would go in and out. I would go crazy. I would, I left Nath. I went back to partying for a bit because I was like, whoa, came back. And then I was like, I need to do something. And I remember start, I'd started a doula course because I was like, birth is so fucking cool. It's how we first get here. I'm doing this. So I did a doula course. I bought a van. And then I was like, then all of a sudden I was scrolling Instagram one day and this woman came up and she was like, women, like, <laughs> who is that? And it was fucking Jane Hardwick Collins. Oh, my I'm God, like, our hero. <laughs> I was like, who is that? Who is that woman? That's yeah. me. That's yeah. me. I've seen myself in her. I've seen um, myself I, in her too. Yes, I've seen and myself. And I think, I think I started following you. This is another random element of how we got where we are, <laughs> is that I fully followed you on Instagram during yes. this time. And I, yes. I saw myself in you yes. as well. I felt lit by your content and conversation. <laughs> I was like not, I was being myself on that page. I was triggering so many people on my Queen of the Banshees page because I was doing sexual dances for starters. I was talking about blood. I was talking about birth. I was talking about death. I was talking about mental health. I was talking about fucking trauma. I was talking about the red thread. I was triggering everyone left, right, and fucking center. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I'm not suppressing myself anymore. This is me. Hear me roar. This is all my vulnerabilities. I would cry on there. I would mm. express my feelings on there, my depth, my poetry, my fucking, the, my shadows. Everything was just there. And I was like, here I am. Um, and you were so was, brave to do that. I mean, I think. We all actually want to do that. We want to be seen yeah. and witnessed in in our um, shadows and our light and our mess and our successes and and to just have the freedom to be ourselves in all that we are, in our humanness. But we are scared to. So it's totally. really medicinal and beautiful and life-giving to like, see another woman step up and take up space and it gives other women permission to do the same Fully. so that was so powerful that you did that mm. that you are that you're doing that this work it's, it's just so it's big so empowering to just have all this stuff suppressed in me for most of my life to just be like that's why I loved Instagram I love that the pro of Instagram where I can connect with all these other women um, my Lilith just came out. Like that's why I've got this big tattoo of Lilith on my forearm. And um, yeah, she, she, I, and that's when I started connecting with other goddesses and goddess archetypes, and um, it was super cool. Um, so I did my doula training, and I also signed up to Jane Hardwick Collins um, Four Seasons, and completed that. That was a fucking hectic ride. Um, you know, the first two weekends of Jane's four season, I was just a mess. I was like, oh my God, I just, I've just never, ever been held by another woman like that before in my life. Like I, 
I that everything that I craved I got from Four Seasons. I um I was deeply seen. I was deeply seen. I was nurtured. I was fed. They loved me. So many people seeing me, they're like, Christy, you're so loving. Mm. You're so deep. You're so joyful. You're so childlike. These all these qualities that they reminded me of. And they were just other women. Yeah. Just other women on their own journeys, reflecting back part to me parts of myself when I was doing the same to them. And oh, I cried and cried and cried and released and I laughed and I got dirty and messy and I unraveled so many deep parts of myself and I I grew so much compassion for my own mum and I just it was just the most beautiful experience in the world like in the world and I was able to you know really heal my births and I just felt someone people were holding space for me and my depth and just me as a person, I felt like I had a purpose. I felt like I belonged somewhere. Mm, that's so beautiful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then I, you know, then I signed up to do my nursing degree. Um, I got really far into my nursing degree and then COVID happened. I was like, you're not telling me what to do with my body again. Mm, not, yeah. not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm not telling. not going to tell me what to do with my fucking body. And then being in like uh, in these hospitals, these different hospitals on placement, watching people how people were dying, mm. how people how people were healing, how people were getting sick. This perpetual vicious horrible cycle. I'm like, I can't witness this anymore. I would leave the wards and I would cry and I would be like, this is not right. This and I would get in so much trouble all the time because you know I'd be taking my gloves off and holding people's hands while they were dying because I just or brushing their hair or massaging them because their fucking family wasn't allowed in the hospital while they were dying I'm like I can't handle this anymore and you know all the nurses it's a dog-eat-dog world in there they're all so desensitized yes I mean there's a place I've had to have life fucking saving surgeries before um from hospitals and the emergencies I am grateful for that but you know a lot of it is fucked up in there um and I witnessed it firsthand and I witnessed it for two and a half years like you know I've worked in aged care I've worked in hospitals all the rest of it I've seen it I've seen it all I've seen it firsthand I know what it's like I I I could have seen it and I've experienced that and I felt it and so leaving my nursing degree was just so empowering to be honest I was like mm. fuck you I left and I went to the fucking protest I was like yeah. I'm just not doing because I was even scared I was scared to do anything because yeah. of Arthur I'm Arthur on my ass all yeah. the time even in the very yeah. first studying that that you know it's so much like underlining programming and like conditioning even in that degree I'm like fuck mm. you mm. um but yes I left that and then I found out I was pregnant with Primrose and I left Wollongong and moved to the mountains and I met all you incredible women and I um, I came home I came home into the mountains I was held by this mountain I was initiated into the big mountain you know it's so beautiful sacred land up here just so held I was really welcomed into the Steiner community where my kids met all of you guys and um 
I had never been, and again, like I called in these women, I called in you, I called in all these strong powerhouse women and these nurturing environments because I'd done so much work on myself and that's the frequency I was at and that's Mm. where I'm at. And I was able to have a really beautiful shamanic pregnancy. Um, It was beautiful. I didn't, you know, I did it my way. I didn't, um, I mean, I just tapped completely into my body I ran that whole fucking shit the whole time you really did Um, yeah and I really connected in with nature and had so many beautiful signs from nature like it's even cool too like just quickly in Jane's four seasons I went on the vision quest for three days and three nights and so many things came to me in that moment where I was like I thought that it was just going to be you know a doula or or a midwife, but it was the you know nature was telling me I was going to have another baby. Um, you know it was really cool, and I went to a couple of sweat lodges on that land too, and had the same sort of connection and um, vision. And I was like, yeah, and yeah, and uh, on the land up here as well. And I'm, it's it's just so real. It's so real. Like I love people having that faith because I've experienced it, and it's real. And then obviously you were there for the birth of Prim. And the fucking rest is history, man, really. Like, I fucking birthed her like a boss. I birthed her in my complete power. Um, I crave them contractions. I crave them so much. It's like, you know, I was saying to you, like, all I wanted to picture was like a rose opening in my birth. I was like, I want to picture this beautiful rose opening and the petals forming. And all the only vision that was coming to me was this big, cement concrete like Egyptian door just going yeah. Yeah. and I was like I don't want it I don't want it. I want my rose but I was like that just reminded me of like the goddess Isis like I was like yeah. it was so ancient and like oh yeah. I was like she's awakened she yes. has awakened definitely um, that that birth was like oh that was the best day <laughs> ever <laughs> I remember I, when you all left and I was like sitting there looking at her going fuck in hell what was that whoa yeah yeah I came home high like yeah. I was high for days like Lee was like what is wrong with you I'm like I am so high right now on like Christie's excess like oxytocin <laughs> I was, it was just so beautiful to, to bear witness to you in all that you are and to awaken the final piece of that sacred magic wisdom puzzle. Like it was like completion, wasn't it? In so, I mean, we never complete, but it was like. Oh, for me, um, it was like definitely something. It just closed, not closed, but it, something came to an end. Mm, like, yeah. There for me. Like a cycle depressed. maybe a cycle oh, came to an end and it's like I look at like even all my tattoos on my body there's just so much like a lot of my pain which I do love by the way and a lot of my shadows are in the form of my tattoos mm. a lot of the work and it's just like oh, like I'm not ashamed of them I love that they're there for everyone to see because like you know my my love and all I do wear my heart on my sleeve just like you do and 
my pain and my struggles and my experiences have made me for who I am today. I'm very grounded and anchored in and strong and I was able to have that birth because I was able to face very big parts of myself. Mm. Um, and that just me, that birth confirmed I was just, I'm just, I'm, I'm so loved and I'm so supported and I'm so, I have all the power within me and I'm so fucking badass I'm like fucking hell (laughs) and I want everyone to feel that I want everyone to feel what I what I felt and you know I've had to pick myself out of many fucking holes like I know that it can be hard and that's why what's what's good that I have these um experiences and skills because I can I can like oh I can just you, you can do it I know you can do it. Like, mm. um, yeah, yeah. But you've got so yeah. much amazing wisdom and knowledge. Totally, and it's not. Yeah, and like, like talking. Sorry, go, go, go. I keep cutting oh, off. Oh, sorry. I'm no, on a high. no. Now no. I'm on a high. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, what I love again about storytelling is that there's a whole big chunk of your story that I knew about but I didn't actually fully know. Like I didn't realise that you, your whole 20s, you were working in community services and like the depth of your, yeah, experiences that you've had, like that is just like so amazing. Like I just love, I love your life experiences so much. They really have made you who you are. And yeah. Um you're such a beautiful open-hearted loving being and I love you Lucy thank you I love you I love (laughs) I love that we get to to come together now with everything that we have learned separately and pour it into one pot to yes to now give to other women yes Um, but anyway sorry what were you you were you were speaking but yeah I just Sorry, I was actually just watching my phone ring then I'm like (laughs) it's giving me anxiety I don't know no 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 um but yeah, I was wow, saying, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying that like, you know, even though the education system and the system it all pisses me off and all that, like for me not being able to finish my nursing degree was like a really it really bothered me because I have to finish what I start. Yeah. And so now like this week actually I'm starting my social work degree. Um, I've had so much shaved off it because of my experiences. So it just made sense and it feels really good for me. Even though there's a part of me, I know that I have to play the game and, yeah, it is a big fucking cog in the system and I know that, but I really do want to reach more people. I want to be able to reach those that, you know, don't have access to what we provide, like, or don't have the, I don't know, they're just not there. And I want to be able to build that trust and that people still, like, you know, obviously view degrees in that way. And you know what? It's still education to me. And I still want to, I don't know, I just want to expand myself and people that have fallen through the cracks and people that aren't as privileged or they're at this stage in their life that I will be able to resonate with and especially women, especially girls. Mm. Um, I want to be able to step into a space with them and see them because mm. that could potentially change their life. Like, 
you know, I think of my friend Ashley like all the time, like what could have been, what did she need? Like, you know, what did she need? Um, mm-hmm. And I that really motivates me. Um, you know, my maiden self motivates me and all that I've been through my first baby with, you know, my first birth and my postpartum period of complete depression motivates me. My experience with mental health especially motivates me because I know the depths that you can go to with that. And it's not fucking, it's not cool. You could still look like the happiest person ever and go home and really struggle deeply. And I want to reach those people. And I know that I can without the degree, but it's going to help me. I know it's going to help me mm. because we're living in a society now too where there's so much disconnect and people need are going to need um, trauma-informed care mm. big time, big time. And um, I want to be on the front lines of that. I really do. And then I want to be able to help them navigate, especially women, and to be able to go in and have a birth like that birth like me and a birth like you you know I want them to be able to experience that and to connect with other women and I may be able to provide them with resources Mm. you know so I'm excited about this new journey I'm nervous um because it's like a more of a workload and the sacred space is a real um obviously a real focus of mine so it's like I just need to find that balance and integrate family life mum life work life business life friendships self-care all the rest of it and just <laughs> fucking keep going you can do it if anyone <gasps> can do it it's you <laughs> yes. oh my god thank you so much for hearing my story I feel like I'm so done like I'm like I think I said it all I'm like oh now I need to go put my feet on the ground and just be like mm. oh, there's my story people I mean I didn't go too deep with all the rest of the stuff that happened in my 20s but I think it gave you a pretty good idea yeah what a beautiful unraveling and definitely like definitely a labyrinth theme there you kept coming back to themes that kept coming up and up and up and then going deeper each time and um yeah it's it's so wild how we do carry things through our life don't we like and just reflecting too and being like wow I understand that like I remember being like, I've got this book here. I remember being like 17 and buying this book about goddesses and being like, mm. I don't even know why I want to get that, but I want to get that. But I look at it now, I'm like, oh, baby, Christy, like you knew. You knew you were a fucking goddess. Yeah. Me and my best friend had goddess tarot cards that we got when we were like 14. Yeah. And even to this day, we still share them. Like we shuffle them back and forth between each other. It's so. <laughs> oh, that's so special. But I... I see, I see so much of myself in you. We've yeah. obviously got, we're so different, but so the same and just. I know. So yeah. different, but so the same. That's why we're so compatible though. And like yeah. working in this, I've never been like this business of ours has been just another up level in itself where I'm like, you are the person that I've craved my whole life as well. Cause you're so nurturing and understanding and you hold me in my vulnerabilities and I don't have to pretend to be anyone around you. Same to um, you. We, we actually see each other, don't we? We've been craving being seen and we just can do that for one <laughs> another. So, and we want to do that for other women. Yes. Yeah. It's what so, we're good at. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. I'm so Thank in awe. Thank you for listening. Is that I'm roller so coaster of emotions? <laughs>
it's life it's humanness it's the journey and totally um, it's so beautiful to see where we've come from and where we are and to be creating more beautiful spaces with our life knowledge and um yeah is there any any last pearls of wisdom or any (sighs) to close this this podcast off with um I'm just really looking forward to connecting with more women and um you know we you and I especially like we're really magnetizing well our frequency is just so up leveling and we're able to hold more and more and I can really see this really growing and I'm just really, really excited to meet everyone and bring people into our community and our space and nurture and make a difference. Like I really, I'm such a humanitarian. I want to see people do well. I want to see women do well. I want to see them feel good. I want us to all feel good. I want us to support each other. I want us to thrive and just live in our potential because it's just honestly yes. we've been dis- we've been disconnected for too long people let's fucking come together and just open our hearts and just like yes oh, I want it I want it I want it too I love that so much thank you beautiful oh, I love you too oh you didn't even say I love you but I love you too I was saying it <laughs> telepathically <laughs> Rose has just woken up, so I'm like, oh, okay, perfect she, timing, perfection. She, she, she let me do that, and you know that's the theme from her birth too. I'm like, she eased me into it, and she eases yeah. me into things. But yeah. now she's going off, so I need to go. All right, bye, All right. bye. <laughs>